Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Michael Kopech has looked awesome two starts in a row. Let's break it down on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Welcome into FBT in 5. Today is Thursday, May 25th. I am Frank Sample, joined by Chris Towers, and let's get into Michael Kopech. Back-to-back outstanding starts. He was at the Guardians in this one. Seven shutout with two hits, one walk, nine strikeouts, and 16 swinging strikes. Chris, I know you have a complicated relationship with Michael Kopech. What are your thoughts with uh, these last couple starts? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to yesterday's episode of the full episode of Fantasy Football Today, or Fantasy Baseball Today, excuse me, uh, I think the direct quote was, he's bad was what I said. And that was unfair because clearly he's not bad. The last two starts have been incredible. 19 strikeouts, one walk over the course of, I think it's 15 innings. The year before that, he had like a 480 ERA and a 1-4 whip and less than a strikeout per inning. He had been bad for a long time and it seemed like he was basically just a fastball pitcher with a bad slider. And even in this one, like, He threw his fastball about 65% of the time. It was really good. The slider, he's made some changes to it. It's more of a, it's, it's got less break. He's throwing a little harder and maybe that's making it play up, but he only got two whiffs with the slider for 12 of his 16 whiffs came on the fastball. He is still kind of a one pitch pitcher. Now his, he's lowered his arm slot. He's throwing the pitch a little harder and maybe that'll help it play up. Maybe he's following the Carlos Rodon path that that the White Sox went with before. Promising young pitcher, several arm injuries, seems like he's lost it, and then figures it out, rides a 70% fastball, an elite fastball to becoming an ace. That's possible. I'm still skeptical, skeptical, but I thought he was droppable two starts ago. I think he should be rostered in all leagues just based on the upside he's shown here over the past two starts. And Michael Kopech is 68% rostered. If you want to beat the rush to the waiver wire, he's in line for two starts next week up against the Angels and the Tigers. And we recently spoke about, you know, three main names, I feel like, Chris, mm-hmm. where it's Kopech, James Paxton, who did have a rough start on Wednesday, and Bobby Miller, who made his debut. How would you rank those three? I, I think Miller and Kopech are really close. Uh, I would probably give the edge to Kopech just because I have more doubts about Miller staying in the Dodgers rotation. So if you want to go with Kopech over Miller, that's fine. I think Paxton's third and there's a little bit of a gap there. He wasn't great on Wednesday night, only six swinging strikes, none on that fastball, which was a big part of why he looked so good the first couple of starts. So 
I'll, I'll put Paxton third of that group, but I do still like him. I don't think you should drop him because of this start. Let's talk about Riley Green, who continues his hot May. He went two for four with his fifth home run of the season. And in the month of May, batting 373 with three homers, three steals, a 1021 OPS, hitting the ball really hard and hitting a lot of line drives, not as many ground balls as we saw earlier in the season. Riley Green is 72% rostered, and I think he needs to be added in any shallow leagues, Chris. Names like Taylor Ward or Patrick Wisdom or even like Jeff McNeil. If you're mm-hmm. holding those guys in a three outfielder league, I would be okay dropping them for Riley Green. I think even looking at you know a, a guy like Cody Bellinger, you probably have a tough choice to make with him. You know, Maybe uh, a Mitch Hanniger. I'm not saying you should drop those guys for Riley Green, but I think it's worth having the conversation. You look at the overall numbers for the season. He's still striking out about 28% of the time. He's still hitting about 54% ground ball, so it hasn't changed that much. But what has changed, he's hitting the ball a little harder, average exit velocity up over 90 miles per hour, and the pull rate is up over 40%. So, you know, he's not maximizing his skill set yet, but he's showing signs of improving that. Like you said, ground ball rate down in the month of May to 46%. That's a great sign. And, you know, along with the elevated pull rate, it's going to help him tap into that raw power that is, is, you know, pretty significant. So I like what we're seeing. Again, that is Riley Green. Let's wrap up here with Bryce Miller, who had another great start. It was against the Oakland A's. Six shutout with two hits allowed, one walk, six strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes, 11 of those coming on the fastball. Chris, Bryce Miller is kind of a tough one to figure out right now. I was watching mm-hmm. the game, and um, they talked about how Bryce Miller has acknowledged I, ha- I keep using the fastball a lot because I don't need to use anything else. Like, no one has been able to figure out my fastball. I think you can call him a sell high, but I also just think that he's probably going to be really good with this fastball. What do you think? Yeah, I, it's so hard to analyze him right now, right? Because of what you said. Right now, he looks like a one-trick pony. And it's a really, really impressive trick. That fastball, it's got a, a good vertical approach angle. It makes it hard for hitters to get you know, square contact with it, get it on the bat path. He's getting a good amount of whiffs. He's generating weak contact with it. All those things are good. The problem is we haven't seen anything from the secondaries really because he hasn't had to show them. And so does that, is this a, uh, you know, an evidence, an absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence kind of situation where just because he doesn't need the slider doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Or, you know, is this a case where, if hitters start to figure out the, the fastball, like we saw in the, the minors before he got called up, where his numbers were pretty rough, you know, 635 ERA, I believe, in his first four minor league starts. It's possible that, you know, once hitters get a, a second look at him, they start to figure it out and they they start to pick up on the weird angle. I'm skeptical. I've moved him up to 42 at my starting pitcher ranking, so I'm not that skeptical. But, you know, if you could get a top 25 starting pitcher for him, I, I think you do that. If you could get a, a Logan Webb or if you could turn him into a Corbin Burns, I, I think I would still do that. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap there. For more extensive fantasy baseball coverage, listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, and we'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.